0: just go to com. It's magical.
1: Sunday morning Host, Dogs by Nature Radio.
2: From the Straight No Chaser Studios.
3: You always talk about wanting to get off to a fast start, but against a high-scoring team like this, is it even more important to do that?
4: I think it's just always important, Jeff. You know, we spend a lot of time uh, talking about starting
1: fast, and even out here in practice, you know, that first period, you gotta go fast, you gotta start competing right away, so that will always be a focus for us, uh, really regardless of opponent.
0: Talking Cleveland Browns football, with the best fans in all of SB Nation, you're listening to Straight No Chaser
5: on Dogs by Nature Radio.
6: Now,
0: here's your host, my dad, Delonious Seven.
2: Very merry football morning to you and yours from Dogs by Nature Radio. I am your host, Lonious Seven, getting you ready for your Cleveland Browns game day with your focus on five games of importance to the Browns fans and their chances of meaningful football play at the end of the season. The Focus on 5 this week took a minor detour as the battle between the Steelers and the Titans has been postponed due to an outbreak of COVID-19 on the Tennessee Titans. To give us an update from the Tennessee region, we are fortunate to be joined by Tanner Skaggs of the Titans Time Podcast.
7: What's up, guys? This is Tanner Skaggs with the Titans Time Podcast from the Focus on 5. Unfortunately, the Titans and Steelers matchup for week four is going to be postponed due to a COVID outbreak with the Tennessee Titans. This is unfortunate because uh, I was really looking forward uh, to the Titans being able to play another undefeated team and really you know, have a true test of how good they actually are this season. Uh, but like I said, unfortunately, due to a COVID outbreak, that's not going to be able to happen. Uh, some effective players on the team so far are Isaiah Wilson, Greg Maven, Daquan Jones, Bo Brinkley, Tommy Hudson, Camelai Correa, Christian Fulton, Adam Humphreys, and Cameron Batson. Uh, so, you know, hope they all get well as soon as possible. Uh, and obviously this leaves some... Uh, leaves the Titans thin at some key positions Uh, cornerback wide receiver especially Uh, so hoping we can get those guys back as soon as possible especially for the Bills game even though it is also in danger of not being played Uh, not going to get to play the Steelers yet Uh, hopefully that's going to be rescheduled for when the Tennessee Titans week 7 bye was this has been Tanner Staggs with the Titans Time Podcast
2: Tanner thank you so much for stopping
7: by with that report
2: Tanner and his brother, Tyler, can be found at Titans underscore Time on Twitter. We will definitely be keeping a close eye on this story in the future, and we want to wish those members of the Tennessee Titans affected a speedy recovery from the Strano Chaser Studios. Okay, so with that business aside, let's get into our Focus on 5. Game 1 of our Focus on 5 takes us out west to the Roomba in the Desert. For a battle with early season contenders, as the 3-0 Buffalo Bills rumble across the plains to face off against the 2-1 Las Vegas Raiders. The Buffalo Bills, a 3.5-point favorite, going into this contest with a 425 start. To help us get an idea of what the Bills' Mafia and Raider Nation are expecting in this contest, we turn to season ticket holder and proud papa Drew Gear of the Rock Power Report. As well as Micah and Tyler of the Behind the Eye podcast. We'll go first to Drew Gear of the Rock Powell Report to see what he's expecting in this Sunday's game.
8: This is Drew Gear, host of the Rock Powell Report podcast, and I'm here for the focus on five. If you're talking about the most dangerous weapons on our team, you don't have to look much further than wide receiver Stephon Diggs. He's literally averaging 20 yards per touch. I think that's crazy, and it's. I think it It speaks to the the level of growth we've seen from Josh Allen, who might be the most dangerous player, not just on the Buffalo Bills, but on any team anywhere in the AFC. I think the, one of the biggest storylines is going to be injury and how the Raiders can try to overcome it. They're, I mean, their wide receiver core is decimated right now. Their their running game is pretty much the only offense they have that they can really rely on. And so with that, you're talking about a Bills team that has not been good against the run. I think that that's going to be a major storyline of the game is how the Bills defensive line can rebound after three suspect games against their opponent's ground units. Another storyline of the game is the Bills are 3-0 and they're going out to take on an opponent who has a historic winning record against them, specifically at home. And at the same time, they're trying to prove that the hype is real. They make games where they shouldn't be as close as they are. They make them actual contests. This week is a chance for the Bills to take a step out of that and prove that this isn't just the same old Buffalo Bills. And if they're going to do it, there's a couple keys to victory I see. First of all, if you're going up against a Raiders team that's 27th in the NFL in rushing yards per game and 29th in yards per carry, I think right there speaks to some of what the Bills' game plan is gonna have to be. You gotta get your running backs more involved, and you're gonna have to call up some running plays with your quarterback Josh Allen. But if you can do that, you're gonna find the ability to extend drives. And you're going to be able to kind of steady things. You're going to open up the defense to play action passing, which will help Josh Allen get things moving. It'll help free up our wide receivers outside of Stephon Diggs, like the rookie, Gabriel Davis, who, when we've had our best games, he's been at his best because he's been a functioning member of the unit. On the other side of the ball, I think the key is going to be, you're going to have to see a rebound from the Bills secondary. They all do their job soundly in pass protection. Regardless of what Josh Jacobs does on the ground, this game could turn into a track meet that they just can't compete in. I'm calling a final score on this. I think it's time for Tyler Bass to finally get his shot. A game-winning field goal, because I think the Raiders are going to score. I'm going to call it 27-24. Bills get out of the desert with another win and move to 4-0. This is Drew Gear from the Rockpile Report, and this has been the Focus on 5.
2: Drew, tremendous job. Thanks so much for sharing that with us here on Dogs by Nature Radio. And now we turn to our guests from out west.
9: This is Micah and Tyler from the Behind the Eyepatch podcast. Tyler, we want to talk about the team's top producers. I'm going to go first on offense. I think it has to go to Josh Jacobs. He's a top five rusher in the league through through three weeks. Um... He's averaging uh, about 3.7 yards a carry, 252 yards on the ground, three touchdowns already on the ground. Also toss in uh, 10 receptions for 75 yards.
3: Very good, and I would throw in Darren Waller into that mix as well. Yep. I am going to talk about the defensive top producers. Our top producer last game was Trayvon Mullen. Uh, he had a heck of a game, Micah, 92.7 uh, coverage grade from PFF which was second among cornerbacks. Just a great game for the young man. Hopefully a sign of things to come.
9: Tyler, you know, we didn't get it done in New England. Obviously, Bill's come to town. Josh Allen, ridiculously hot right now. Um, Fourth
3: best offense in the league. It's going to take a massive effort by the defense to get a couple stops. And I think it's going to take a massive effort not not much different than week two by the offense of just scoring on almost every drive. That's what it's going to take. Carr's going to have to step up. The The yards will be there. The scoring will be there. Can our defense step up? Can they stop Josh Allen? You
9: know, The thing for me that I'm looking at with the Bills is that for me, like the Bills, while 3-0 is good, I feel like there's, a, there, there's definitely potential for error there. And so I definitely think this is a game the Raiders can win. As far as um, major storyline keys to the victory for this, I think you got to throw the kitchen sink on defense and Allen. You know this has to be. Um, this has to, That has to be what you do. You've got to throw that guy off his game because he is ridiculously hot right now. And the and that's going to be difficult, like you talked about, Tyler, with our defense. Our defense, we're having a tough time getting sacks. And if we can't get sacks on Allen, and if he's allowed to sit back there, he will pick our defense apart. Even though Trayvon Mullen's having an, a fantastic season thus far. We just lost Arnett. He's out six to eight weeks with a thumb injury. Um, the rest of the defense is going to have to elevate their level of play um final score for me tyler i'm gonna go 26 24 i think the raiders get it done only because we're at home and i don't think the bills are as good as their record shows i'm gonna say the bills drive down get into position to win the game, 27-26, they're down by two, but they miss a last-second field goal. That's what I'm going with it.
3: This is Tyler and Micah signing off from behind the eye patch for the Focus on 5.
2: Just win, baby. You can sense the commitment to excellence in Micah and Tyler from the Behind the eye Patch podcast. This is a difficult game for me to pick as both reports have the teams within a field goal of each other. I'm going to go with Buffalo on this one. We'll go, we'll call it 31-27. We're looking for the straight-up win to improve on our 3-4 record thus far. Thanks to Drew Micah and Tyler for that extended look into Game 1. And now it's time for Game 2. In Game 2, the 1-2 and two Jags stalked their way up to the Northern Kentucky Jungle for a rumble against the winless Bengals. This game pits second-year starter Gardner Minshew against top overall pick Joe Burrow. To help us break down this contest, we've reached out to Brit Jag from across the pond, as well as returning guest Rebecca Tobach. We'll kick things off with Lee from the Brit Jag podcast, as he gives us the perspective of the visiting Jaguars in this contest.
10: This is Lee from the Brit Jag podcast for the folks on 5. Biggest threat for the Jaguars is bound to be DJ Chark. He had a massive year last year went to the Pro Bowl over a thousand receiving yards and eight touchdowns and this year he seems to be on the same course again. We missed him massively against the Dolphins and really didn't click on offense because of his absence. The other player of note for the Jaguars is our running back James Robinson undrafted. He's actually just won Offensive Rookie of the Month for September. So he's also one to look out for Um, and I would imagine to be a big contributor come Sunday. The key to victories for the Jaguars is going to be on defence, I think. We have had a really slow start. We've conceded on each of our opening drives in the first three weeks, as well as our pass rush. We need to really get home, and with the Bengals having issues on the O-line and Joe Burrow being so heavily attacked in the last couple of weeks, That's something that the Jags really need to exploit and really need to return to the days of Saxonville. So I think this is going to be a very, very tight one. I think we're probably looking at a a one score game either way. I'm personally going to go 21-17 to the Jaguars, but I could quite easily see that score being in reverse as well. This is Lee, the folks on 5. Lee,
2: great to hear you share your love for the Jaguars from across the pond. He sees a very close contest, but let's hear from Rebecca Tobach as she shares her Bengals fan perspective.
0: This is Rebecca Tobach for the Focus on 5, and this week the Bengals are playing the Jaguars. And once again, Joe Burrow will be in the spotlight as the Jaguars defensive line looks to get after him and looks to create pressure. That has been a major issue for the Bengals this year as the offensive line has been extremely poor. Burrow was sacked eight times last week by the Eagles. Uh, many of those were his own fault, but the offensive line is largely to blame. They have just been completely lackluster and a huge issue for the team, both in the passing game and the run game, which has not started the season the way that anyone would have hoped so getting that run game going Joe Mixon having a solid performance will go a long way and then on defense can the defense actually make a positive impact in the in two minute uh, drills and two minute situations they have been awful in the crunch time in the final two minutes of a half Um, and that has really cost the Bengals pretty much all three of the games that they've had Um, especially last week when they tied the Eagles, uh, (laughs) which was just a sorry performance. Um, So my prediction this week, I'm just going to go with a Jaguars win. The Bengals clearly just haven't figured out how to win yet. 27-24 Jaguars. I hope I'm wrong. And once again, this is Rebecca Toback for the
2: Focus on Five. At Rebecca underscore T-O-B-A-C-K with a very sobering report coming out of the Bengals camp. I think I'm going to have to go with Rebecca on this one. This is going to be a very difficult game for Joe Burrow to win even at home. We'll go with the Jags 24-21 to take home a victory. Thanks to Lee and Rebecca for that report. And now we're on to game three. In game three of our focus on five, we have former second overall pick Carson Wentz leading Fly Eagles Fly over the heartland and out to the Bay Area to challenge the 1849ers in search of their first win. To help with this one, we'll hear from a couple of repeat guests in the studio. Johnny Uleka from All About the Birds makes his third appearance in the studio to give us some Philly flavor. (laughs) And joining us from out west is Zach Pratt from the 49ers Noir Podcast. We'll kick it off, of course, with Johnny Uleka. What do you think about this game, buddy?
4: Hello, this is Johnny Uleka with All About the Birds for your Focus on 5. The major storyline going into this matchup with the 49ers has to be what will Doug Peterson do in terms of game planning Um, with Carson Wentz struggling and has not been... The type of quarterback that we have seen the last couple of seasons um, the biggest thing is getting him in rhythm um, and you know using the running game and using the short passing game because they're going to be down uh, a couple of players key offensive players and that's going to be the main thing is trying to get uh, points on the board and enough points on the board to go against the 49ers who are also injury riddled so you know Given that you know it's in San Francisco, still no fans. Sunday night under the lights, when push comes to shove, Doug Peterson always finds a way, Uh, especially when last two seasons being five and seven, both those seasons coming out, making the playoffs. I got the Eagles winning 21 to 20, super close game. Um, you know, you can follow all about the birds at AATBirds. This is Johnny Uleka, and this is your focus. On five, go birds.
2: Uleka picking the Eagles to win one on the road. Let's hear what Zach Pratt has to say about that.
11: Hi, and this is Zach Pratt from the 49ers Noir podcast for the Focus on Five. Last week against the Giants, a combination of quarterback Nick Mullins, running back Jarek McKinnon, and wide receiver rookie Brandon Ayuk were the team's top producers but the reinforcements seem to be coming with the potential return of tight end George Kittle and wide receiver Debo Samuel to help out still starting Nick Mullins while Jimmy Garoppolo recovers from a high ankle sprain. While the 49ers' banged-up defense has still done a good job of holding back the Giants and the Jets these past couple of weeks, and I believe they'll do the same against the banged-up Eagles offense, the key to victory will be on the other side of the ball where a very not great interior offensive line will be going up against one of the best defensive tackles in the game in Fletcher Cox. We've seen what defensive tackles like Chris Jones and Aaron Donald can do to the 49ers interior offensive line and Fletcher Cox has the potential to do that same exact thing take over the game and win it for the Eagles if they can't handle it. Ultimately, I think that the rest of the Eagles' defense is bad enough that an offensive mind like Kyle Shanahan can game plan around a guy like Fletcher Cox, and I think the 49ers come out on top with a score of 34-17 over the Philadelphia Eagles. You can find me on Twitter at MeZackP, on the 49ers Noir podcast, or at 49ersHub.com. This has been Zach Pratt for The Focus on 5.
2: At MeZackP, taking the 49ers big... Carson Wentz and his boys desperately need this one, but I don't think he has enough to get it done out West. I see the 1849 ers victorious by a score of 18-49. to And now it's time for Game 4 and our Focus on 5. Game 4 in Week 4, we have a Mid-Atlantic matchup between the franchise from the Crab Cake Capital and the football team hailing from the District of Columbia. The visiting Ravens skip over the Chesapeake after a disappointing Week 3 loss to the reigning champs in the Chiefs, and they look to bounce back against a recently embattled Dwayne Haskins and company. For this game, we will hear from Tony Sale as well as returning guest Manny in the back row.
5: This is Tony Sale for Focus on 5, talking about the Baltimore Ravens and their matchup against the Washington football team Sunday at 1 o'clock. Coming off a humiliating and frustrating 14-point loss to the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football, Lamar Jackson comes in hoping to improve upon his 97-yard passing performance, the lowest of his career. The Ravens this week locked up All-Pro cornerback Marlon Humphrey with a $99 million contract extension after only allowing 7 yards to the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Key to a Ravens win this week is starts up front with pass protection. The Ravens offensive line has had an up and down performances so far this year, particularly on the right side of the line. This week they'll help be charged with blocking against Ryan Kerrigan and Jonathan Allen, which is a big task. Ravens are looking for improvement on the right side of the line with rookie Tyree Phillips replacing future Hall of Famer Marshall Yonda at right guard. And Orlando Brown Jr. on the right tackle spot. He's had up and down performances so far this year. Another key to victory this week is getting the young wide receiving core involved with rookies Devin Duvernay and James Proche. Duvernay's speed was on display Monday night with a 93 yard kickoff return, and his speed should be an asset to open up the running game with some deep shots. I'm looking for the Ravens to get back on track this week, predicting a score of 35-7, to with the Ravens getting back to their prolific run game on the ground. The Ravens are averaging 6.4 rushing yards per attempt right now on the ground, and I expect that to go up this week. You can find me at TSale 4506 on Twitter, or my podcast, Blown Coverage Podcast, on NeutralZoneInfraction.com. I'm Tony Sale for Focus on the Fires
2: tony that was outstanding work and i might have even enjoyed it if it wasn't about the ravens let's see if manny in the back row has something to cheer us up what's going on everybody
1: this is your boy manny for the focus on five this week's top producer for the washington football team is going to be terry mclaurin i understand that baltimore has a very good defense but if you look at it who is Dwayne haskins passing the ball to There are reports that came out today that um, Terry McLaurin is not practicing with the team. He's not. He is on the bikes. There is no Stephen Sims. So if there's no Sims and there's no Terry McLaurin, look for a receiver that's undrafted from Temple. His name is Isaiah Wright. I see him as a guy that can come in and be the top producer for the Washington football team. Also, Antonio Gibson, he is a running back from Memphis, a rookie that was drafted in the third round. This guy right here can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He's explosive. He is a home run hitter. Is this the game that he comes out and has a breakout game? We shall see. Um, The keys to victory, it's going to be tough to win this game. Baltimore is a very good team. They are the best running team in football when they're on their game. Washington's football team is going to be missing Chase Young this game. So what does that mean? That means less pressure coming for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson should have his way and, you know, come out here and rush for 150 yards and probably pass for another 300 yards. I see the Baltimore Ravens winning this game 37-17. to 17. So if Washington wants a chance to win this game, they are going to have to slow down um, Lamar Jackson and Keep Baltimore under 24 points. It's as simple as that.
2: Once again, this is Manny for the Focus on 5. Man, oh, Manny. That report put a smile on my face. But it's looking like the Ravens are a lock to remain in second place. At 3-1, trailing the undefeated and idle Steelers. And to see if your Cleveland Browns can keep pace, we'll turn to Game 5 in our Focus. Game 5 and our focus on 5 is your Browns Showdown. Representing the Dallas Cowboys, we have Cowboys Wire contributor Tony Thompson of the No Huddle Offensive Podcast.
12: Hello, my name is Tony Thompson. You can find things I write on the Cowboys Wire or follow me on Twitter at No Huddle.
2: Tony, it's great to have you here. Welcome to Dogs by Nature Radio. representing our Cleveland Browns is a man who's been misrepresented in the past. It's none other than Josh Thornton of the Danger Zone Podcast. That dangerous belt with a 6 for a G.
6: Hey, what's up, everyone? Josh from the Danger Zone Podcast and Mark 1 Sports here. Excited to be joining in on the fun as a game day rep.
2: Josh, it's always a great day when you're in the studios. Very excited for this Browns showdown. As it's our custom, we're going to kick it off to the Cowboys offense. How do you see the Cowboys attacking the Browns in this Sunday's contest?
12: Offensively, it begins and ends with one of the most controversial players in the league in Dak Prescott. I believe he's a top-five quarterback, and the analytics largely back that up. He's been playing like that for over a year, and is somehow on an impossible pace of throwing for more than 6,000 yards in 2020. This Cowboys team goes as he goes. The Dallas offensive line isn't what it used to be, but Zach Martin certainly is. He's number two on this list because he is everything you wish your favorite offensive lineman could be. He's so good at football, he casually moved out to right tackle to finish last week's game and made it look easy. The three-headed monster the Cowboys trot out at wide receiver rank numbers 3, 4, and 5 for me. Up first is Amari Cooper. At just 26 years old, he is somehow the team's resident veteran, a crafty technician who can run any route from any position on the field. He has been battling some minor ailments since the end of training camp, but it's not proven to be an issue on Sundays thus far. Next up is Michael Gallup who somehow continually flies under the radar for a team that never does. He is the team's deep threat and has shown tremendous big play ability, primarily on go routes by stacking up cornerbacks and beating them off the line. If Dak Prescott's going deep, it's likely to him. The rookie out of Oklahoma, C.D. Lamb, edges out Ezekiel Elliott because it's 20-20 and passing is king. His consistency has been a pleasant surprise and through three weeks leads a tremendous freshman class in receptions. None of these receivers have hit pay dirt yet for Dallas, but I expect that to change on Sunday. The Cowboys do have options, but the best path is to continue to let Dak fire at will. The Browns don't have the kind of secondary to hold up against these receivers, so if the line can keep Prescott upright just long enough, it should be a long day at the office for the Cleveland defense.
2: Prescott and his boys, certainly a formidable challenge for the Browns defense. Let's hear from Josh Thornton to see what he thinks about the Browns'
6: response on defense. Yeah, Cleveland has a Tough task coming into this game against the Cowboys, specifically in the secondary. Uh, It's going to take a well-rounded defensive effort to get the job done, that's for sure. It starts with Miles Garrett. Uh, We need to see that level of disruption that he's had the first three games. It doesn't stop with him on the line, though. We're looking at Richardson, who's a man on fire so far this season, and Ogunjobi. They're both going to need to continue their terror as well, uh, which is a lot easier with Miles doing what he's doing, that's for sure. Uh, The quickest way to mitigate the damage Dak can do is by drilling him into the turf. Or at least making him very uncomfortable no matter how the defensive line performs we're going to need to see some plays from our back seven though i'm pegging money mitch as the fourth most important brown for sunday um with ward and greedy being questionable and not 100 percent if they do play terence Mitchell is going to need to pick up the slack and help slow down that p- dallas passing attack um lastly i'm gonna i'm gonna call on carl joseph uh, the veteran safety played well versus washington and we're gonna need him to find a second gear for this matchup on sunday
2: very concerned about the matchup between the Cowboys offense and the Browns defense. Just like last week, they're going to. Just like last week, they're going to have to be opportunistic if they're going to slow down their opponent in this contest. So now it's time to flip the field. Let's hear from Tony Thompson as he talks about the Cowboys defense and who he sees as the top producers.
12: Naming five players on the Cowboys defense is a bit more of a challenge. It has been. Absolutely atrocious so far, there's no way around that. Number one though is Demarcus Lawrence. He's reviled in the dumber circles of Twitter because of a lack of splash plays recently, and is currently battling through a knee injury. But he's great against a run and is still generating pressure on the quarterback. The attention he gets is one of the reasons my second most important player has surprised everyone. That, of course, is Alden Smith. The man hasn't played in five years and somehow leads the league in sacks. That feels like it should be impossible but because he's never been the fastest, his time away from the game maybe didn't affect him like it would others. He beats his one-on-ones using a combination of his length and strength. Number three is linebacker Joe Thomas. He is not the future Hall of Famer you are all so familiar with, uh, but with Leighton Vander Esch out with a broken collarbone, he is somehow the best linebacker on the field, despite Jalen Smith and his large contract. Unlike Jalen, who often looks slow both physically and mentally, Thomas processes things at a much higher rate, and has made him extremely effective. If two more players have to be named, I guess we will start with Trevon Diggs. He's not perfect, but is playing well enough for a rookie that he's worth at least a mention. Last week he had his fair share of struggles against DK Metcalf Metcalf and Russell Wilson, uh, but that's a pretty tough matchup for anyone, let alone a rookie corner in his third career game. Uh, Last and maybe least, it's hard to say, is Xavier Woods, Uh, the safety. He's been perfectly average for a defense that getting just average play across the board would likely be a massive improvement. He's not making anyone forget that the Cowboys refused to pursue a playmaker back there, but I guess it could be worse. Uh, Honestly, the path to victory for the Cowboys defense is to just not crap the bet. They need to be
2: average in order for this team to find success. Not a lot of love for this defense, but is it time to bang the over? Josh, who do you see as the Browns' top five
6: performers?
2: And do you think they start chucking it around?
6: You know, everyone wants the offense to become a reincarnation of the greatest show on turf. Not so fast. We have been establishing an identity these last two games, and we need to stick with it, mostly. That's why two of the five most important Browns offensive members are going to be on this offensive line. Uh, that would be the guards. Teller's been fantastic, especially while pulling, and Betonio has been... Uh, he's, he's been Joel, which is great, um, So we owe a good chunk of our rushing success to the big men up front. Next, I'm going to look at Nick Chubb, the obvious. I stressed the importance of staying true to us, and Nick knows exactly how to do that. Uh, Just let him do what he does. Baker's going to come in fourth on that list in terms of the offensive side. Um, He's going to have to continue to play within himself and execute the offense that Stefanski puts out there. That's the key. He doesn't have to shoulder the weight of the franchise out there. Managing the game is just fine. I know the infamous game manager term. In our case, it works. The rookie tight end Bryant, he gets my last nod. He's been fantastic in blocking situations and can really build on that with the style of offense that we're finding success with. Again, play within the scheme and impose your will. Spoken like a true Stefanski protege. So now it's
2: time for Final Predictions. We'll go first to we'll go first to Cowboys wire contributor Tony Thompson of the No Huddle Offensive podcast. For my
12: prediction, I mean the Cowboys have had a rough start to the season. They've yet to have a game where things are really clicking from the jump. They are one of just 3 teams in the NFL to not have a 7-point lead in the early stages of this season. But this is a good matchup for them. I think the Cowboys throw to score early and build up a lead to Forrest Baker Mayfield to try to play from behind. Ezekiel Elliott Salted away later in the game As the Cowboys cruise to a 34-20 win
2: Jeez, Tony, I hope not At the same time, Mr. Thompson I must admit that this is a superlative effort Thank you so much for your contribution On Dogs by Nature Radio So let's hear from Josh As he gives us his prediction
6: Yeah, like I said earlier, man It's a, it's a tough task uh, You go to Dallas and beat the Cowboys You have some attention coming your way That's for sure You'll be sitting at 3-1 and one, And that sounds great And I hope we get there I just worry this Dallas passing attack is too much for us to handle on defense and keep up with on offense. That's why I got to take the Cowboys in this one, 35-28. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's always a blast. And as always, go Browns.
2: Josh, once again, incredible work. I love hearing you as the voice of reason. But I think the Browns are going to be able to possess the football in this game. And if they can do that, this game's not going to be a shootout like people think. I'd say Cowboys by four. Let's go 24-20. What I'm really looking to see is the development of that game day dog. Hopefully Stefanski and his boys can perform a little better on the road than they did in an earlier contest this year. And if they should pull off a miracle and upset the Cowboys at home, be on the lookout for D from with an Ohio bias in the streets of Cleveland. And with that, we'll put this in the books. A huge thanks to all of our contributors. They'll be posted in the show notes. You've been listening to the Sunday Morning Post. On Dogs by Nature Radio, I'm your host, Lonia7. Take care, and go Browns!
1: Sunday Morning Host.
0: Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our solo acts mini series now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the
4: editor in chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.